Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online podcast. GVC is a non-denominational church in Flint, Michigan, and our mission is simple. To love God, love people, and love life. I know that you will be blessed by the message and the words that God has for you today. Now, here's Pastor Tony. You know, Jordan, he's our worship minister, and uh, he's been up in the game. He's got these, uh, these, these, this, these team members. He's got click tracks going in their ears. He's got, some, I mean, he's just, he's taking it to the next level. You realize when you take it to the next level, sometimes it just is a learning curve. But man, I tell you, we got great people. Got great people serving, great people just leading in our church. We got great people down in our kids' ministry, cafe. Hey, listen, did you know that we got a cafe here at GVC? That means that that is a great opportunity to just come early and stick around a little bit later. Because when you do that, you know what happens? You get to know people. That's the greatest time to have fellowship with people and get to uh, make some friends. You know, man, it is, it's one of those things where, you know, you hear people say this, like, you know, church is real clicky. You know, they just, you know, they always hang together. I just don't know nobody. Nobody ever comes and invites me and part, be a part of things. They talk like that, too, when they say it. <laughs> but, you know, the Bible says this, if you want friends, show yourself friendly. So that means just step out of your comfort zone and say, hi. The next thing, my name is. What's yours, right? I mean, it's real easy. And if that's as far as you get, then just say, drink your coffee. That way you don't have anything else to say. <laughs> and what's next week? Anybody know what next week is? Donut Day. Donut Day. Come on at GBC. But it's also bring somebody to church day. Amen. And I'm telling you what, that's why we do it. Bring them to church day because we know the kind of friends that you bring to church. You know, they probably had a late night. And so they're like kind of like this, you know, in church service. So we, we, we compensate it with the sugar. That way they, you know, <laughs> wake up and they're ready for service, right? <laughs> so there's strategy with all that. But no, next week is bring somebody to church day. We're just excited to be able to connect with them, love on them. And uh, one of the things that uh, I, I constantly hear is that people say, when they're new here, that it just is so good to be in a church that people are so friendly. Do you realize that there's churches out there that just really aren't friendly? You know, it's like it's us four and no more. Listen, I want to be us 400 in, in a whole lot more, right? Come on, we're going to just build this church. God's doing some awesome things. Well, are you ready for the, today? This is our final message concerning the series that we've been doing called I Remember. And... Uh, Man, God's been doing some good things. I hope it's been stirring you up just as we've been in this series. But, you know, uh, just this past week, there was a minister that I know. He's out in Arkansas, and I, I was listening to him, and he was telling the story of uh, just how faithful God is. And he said he was, uh, he pastors a church, like I said, in Arkansas, and he was at a friend's church ministering. And after the service, it was an evening service, he and this pastor of that church, they went to a restaurant and uh, were getting ready to have a late meal. And so the waitress, she comes to the, to the table and she's getting ready to take their order. But while she's taking their order, she keeps holding her ear. And uh, so she took the order and then the one pastor, the friend that's uh, from Arkansas, he says to her, he says, hey, he says, I notice you keep holding your ear. He says, is something, something going on? And she says, you know, man, my ear has just been 
hurting terribly. I've had such tremendous pressure. She said, I can barely hear out of this ear. And man, it's just so painful. The doctors don't know why it's doing what it's doing. They haven't been able to get me any relief. And so I've just been in severe pain. And he says, well, you know, he says, I'm, I'm a pastor. In fact, I just happened to be in town ministering at this pastor's church. And he says, you know, God loves you. And he said, I just believe that God loves us so much that he wants to just heal our bodies. And he says, do you mind if I pray for you? And she said, sure. So he said he stood up and he's like, in the name of Jesus. No, he didn't do that. <laughs> no, he didn't get all squirrely and weird. No, he said he just grabbed her by the hand and just said, God, you love her, called her by name, whatever her name was. And he said, God, you love her, and I just ask you right now that you would just touch her ear, heal her, in Jesus' name, amen. Real simple, real easy, and that's all it was. And then he asked her, he says, how's your ear feeling? She goes, still hurts. He said, that's all right. He said, you're going to notice that the pain's going to disappear. And then because it didn't work when he first prayed, she's like, okay, whatever. And she went into the kitchen and started preparing whatever she needed. And so they're still at the table talking. All of a sudden, he says, he hears this scream out of the kitchen. She comes busting out the doors, tears streaming down her face. She says, I'm healed, I'm healed, I'm healed. And there was a waitress that was right next to her that came with her. And she said, my ear popped. And my ear popped so loud that she heard it when she was standing right next to me. And all the pressure is gone and everything, all the pain is gone. I am completely healed. And he's like, wow, thanks for sharing that. He says, that's how much God loves you. And then he said, in the midst of her telling this story and tears running down her face, he said he noticed this lady a couple booths over going, Looking around. And so he got to talk to the waitress. He actually got to lead her to Christ. And she received Christ. He said, here's a great pastor. If you want to go to a great church, you hook up and go to his church. And so they finished their meal and said goodbye and walked out in the parking lot. And that woman that was doing this number followed him out into the parking lot. And she's like, hey, hey. And so he said, you know, it's a dark parking lot and somebody's screaming. And he's like, what's going on? And he Saw that it was that lady, and when he turned around, she says, hey, hey, hey. She says, I saw that. She goes, I saw that waitress get healed. And he says, yeah, yep, sure. She says, listen, she says, my husband and I pastor a church in this community. And she said, my husband is on the verge of giving up. She said, we have really been struggling. In fact, my husband is so deep into pornography. She said, will you pray for me and my husband? And he says, sure. And he just prayed for her right there in the parking lot. What's my point in telling you that story? That God is faithful. I said God is faithful. He loves us so much, and he just so desires to want to just get involved in our life. And I'm telling you what, that's the kind of God that we endeavor to serve and preach and to display here at GVC. Not a religious God, not a God that is talked about, a God that once was, but a living, breathing, interacting God that wants to be invested and involved in the life of His people, and we're His people. And so I'm here to tell you that God wants to get in your life, mess your life up, love on you, heal you, help you. That's the God that we serve. Amen? And you know, last week we prayed for individuals, just those that had need of physical touches within their body 
And, you know, we don't normally call people up front on a Sunday morning service. But this front row or this front aisle was filled side to side. It was just a beautiful sight for people to say, I just want to be touched by God. And I believe today's my day for a touch. And so if God's done something in your life, I want to know about it so we can just brag on God. But that afternoon after we left church, I got a message on Facebook and the individual said, you know, when you were teaching and preaching about that and praying for, for people, they, they said, I was skeptical. But then you prayed for me. And when you prayed for me, I went back to my seat and my lungs were extremely different. I felt so much different. In fact, it was like a weight that had been lifted from my chest. I said, I'm not 100%, but man, I know that God did something. That's so cool. But now, these are the words that came next. I know that God really loves me. Amen. Come on, that's what it's all about. Just a God that says, I'm not mad at you. Yeah, you've gotten on my last nerve once or twice, but you know what? I still love you. No, God's never said that. He says, I love you. I I really, really love you. And that's why God just wants to show up, show off, just because he's a real God. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so today we're going to take some time to remember God's faithfulness. Amen. I want to bring to your attention Revelation chapter 12, starting in verse 10 and 11. On our Wednesday night service, we've been touching base on this, but I wanted to share it this morning because it says, Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of His Christ has come. For the accuser of our brethren, who accuses them before our God day and night, he has been cast down. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives unto death. In other words, they weren't afraid to die. They were willing just to love God to the death. And they, they weren't afraid. If they gave up their life, they knew where they were going. Amen. But notice what it says here. It says that they, that they heard a loud voice. And it says, now salvation, strength, the kingdom of God, the power of His Christ has come. In those words are, are so much more than just what they appear at face value. When we hear that word salvation, especially in church, we, we hear that word and we think it's just meaning that we're going to heaven. We've received forgiveness of sin. Now I can go and meet Jesus face to face. That's part of it. And that's the greatest part of it. But there's so much more. The word salvation is actually defined as protection, perseverance, prosperity, health and healing, and deliverance. So in other words, God's telling us that I've not only sent salvation so that you can go to heaven. He said, I've sent you protection. I've sent you provision. I've sent you the ability to have perseverance. I've sent you the ability to be set free and delivered. I've sent my, my Christ so that you could experience the best on this earth. And then he goes on to say this. He says, I've also, I've also sent strength. I've sent my kingdom. You know what that means, sending his kingdom? He says, I've just now establish my family. 
So if you've received Christ, you have entered into one big family. Amen. Man, we've got such a big family. You know, and here's one of the things that I truly believe. Just, just in lines with God's family. We look at this world and see how dark it is and thinking, dear God, there's a lot of people going to hell. And there is. But one of the things that I'm convinced of, that God's not going to end up on the losing end where the devil can sit back and say, I got more of them than you do. I just believe that when we get to heaven, there are going to be people that don't make it to heaven. But I believe there's going to be a whole lot more people that go to heaven that don't go to, that, that, that don't go to heaven. Right? Why? Just because God's going to get the glory and say, I want it right from the beginning, and I'm still here saying that I'm the winner, I've got the victory, and we got a bigger family than you do. Amen. But that just means we've got a job to do in building that family, right? Building the family. You know, I don't know if you're like I am. This is just maybe too much information for you all. But sometimes I look at people and I'm saying, God, do they really have to be in our family? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> You know what I mean. And then, then you look at the rough, and, oh, no, God, we love them anyways. That's right, we do. Amen. <laughs> I'm not talking about any of you. I'm just talking about the church down the road. You, you know what I mean. <laughs> so he says this. He says, you're part of the family. Then he goes on to say this. He says, I've also brought you freedom. And in that freedom is self-control. Amen. God has brought us protection, provision, deliverance, healing, strength. He's brought us a part of the family, gave us the ability to be free and have self-control within our lives. But then he goes on to say this. He says, there is the accuser of the brethren. And he goes before God, accusing the family, you and me before God, day and night. But do you know that he doesn't only just go before God and accuse him or accuse you to him? He's also chirping in your ear every day, day and night, saying you're not worthy. You don't deserve it. What makes you think that you can believe God for all that? What makes you think that you can have joy and happiness? What makes you think that you can have freedom in your life? And then he starts reeling all the past things, right? He says, now remember this. He's the accuser. He comes at us and he keeps on telling us God won't do it. God don't care. You've messed up. God won't do. Come on, does anybody know what I'm talking about? I mean, I'm a preacher. I do this for a living. I read my Bible and pray for a living. Amen? That's what I do. I talk about Jesus for a living. But there's still those days where the devil says, not going to happen. God's not going to listen this time. But what I got to do? I just got to remind myself of what God said he came to do. One of the things that we see right after that he's the accuser of the brethren, the Bible says that he's been cast down. I said he's been cast down. In the life of a believer, he no longer has any rulership in our lives. He no longer can dictate our lives. He can no, no longer dictate our future. But the thing is, is that if we don't know what God came to do, then he'll keep telling us what he's going to do. He'll keep making the accusations. And the only way that we can stop what he's doing is understand that he's already been cast down. Understand that we've already been given salvation in its entirety of what that represents and means. Amen? Amen. 
Come on. The devil, the Bible says he's as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Who does he have the ability to devour? Those that don't know that he's already been cast down. Those that don't know what Jesus already came to do. Don't, the, the ones that don't know that they've already got freedom through what Christ came to give. Amen. He's the liar and the father of them. But he's been cast down. Everybody say, he's been cast down. Once again, the Bible says that we can know that we have benefits. The biggest benefit that we see here through all that Christ came to do is it says that we're overcomers. Who are the ones that are overcomers? Those that know it. I said those that know it. You know, I've shared this with you before in the past. You know, but just being a young guy, I was in martial arts. And I would fight at different times, have different uh, meets that I would, would go to. And there was a couple different guys that I always struggled with. There was one guy, his name was George Pfeiffer. And then Gary Pabozik. Those two guys were my nemesis. And they were, they whooped on me a couple different times. In fact, one guy, I can't remember what this guy's name was, but I fought him up in Canada. And I had fought to him before and lost, but when I went before him in Canada, I'm like, I'm not going to lose to you again. And so what do I do? I purpose to train and hone in my skills and prepare and, and purpose to, to know how my opponent fights. Why? Why? So that I can begin to be strategic in how I come at him and how I fight. Now, I can't say that I've won every fight that I've ever fought. But the point is, is that I don't go in there thinking I'm going to lose. Right? I already go in there saying, I'm going to whoop this guy. I'm going to hurt this guy. Right? Why? Because I go in there with the attitude, I know what I've done. I know how I've trained. And I'm going to beat this guy this time. And that's how you've got to look at the enemy. Saying, you've already been defeated. We already see that. You've already been overcome. You've already been cast down. And so therefore, when I enter into this match, I'm already the disputed champ, undisputed champ. That's who I am. But the devil keeps on coming and saying, well, do you think so? Do you think so? Do you think so? And he'll get you in your weakest moment to say, oh, you thought so. But look at where you find yourself now. Right? And you say, how do you know he works that way? Because I look at the ministry of Jesus. The Bible says that Jesus went into the wilderness to be tempted by the enemy. God led him there. Did you know that? It says that God led him there to be tempted by the enemy. What is it going to do? It's going to be build fortitude. Do you realize that God don't put things on you, but sometimes he puts you in situations where you've got to believe him? And you come out on the other side being stronger, being more confident, knowing who your God is. And so the Bible says that here Jesus is. He's been fasting for 21 days, man. (laughs) He's hungry. He's giving it up. And he's out there in the wilderness. And then the enemy comes and he says, I bet you're hungry. Why don't you turn these stones into bread? But then Jesus answered him and says, it's written. Then he comes and he says, you know, all this, all authority has been given to me. And if you'll bow down before me, I'll give it to you. Listen, if he didn't have authority, he wouldn't have offered it to him. And Jesus wouldn't have been tempted by it if he didn't have it to give. You see, he was tempted by it? Yep. 
Because the whole reason that Jesus came was to give authority back to man. And the authority he was coming to give back was the authority that the devil had. But he says, no, it's written. It's written. Jesus answered when the enemy came with the accusations. So what do you do? You've got to answer something. You've got to stir up your voice. You've got to say, oh, no, I'm already an overcomer. You've already been cast down. Jesus has come to do a whole lot for me, and I'm purposing to remind you and remind myself. You remember when Jesus was with his disciples? He was with his disciples in a very similar situation. They're all hungry. They've been on a journey, and they see the fig tree afar off. And he says, hey, guys, he says, let's go get some figs off that tree. And they go over there, and there's no figs on it. And Jesus, the Bible says it a very unique way. The Bible says that Jesus answered the fig tree. And he says to the fig tree, he says, no figs will ever grow on you again. And you will be cursed and die from the roots. And the next day it did. Isn't it interesting that the Bible says Jesus answered it? Why is it that he, it says it that way? Because you know whenever you face circumstances within your life, it starts talking to you, don't it? You look at the bank account and there's not enough. It starts talking to you. You get the report from the doctor and the doctor's report starts talking to you. You have a marital dispute or things going on within your marriage and it keeps talking to you, right? You're, you're struggling with your children and you're thinking, dear God, they are just wilder than I can ever imagine. I'm just trying to get them reeled back in. <coughs> Excuse me. And it starts talking to you. And the Bible says, you've got to have an answer. Answer it. What's your answer? The answer is, devil, Jesus already came to give me salvation. And in that is the entire answer for what I need. I've got freedom. I'm a part of the family. I've got the victory. And just so you don't don't forget it, I'm going to remind you, you've been cast down. Amen. So we've got a purpose to stir up our confidence and our faith in Christ and answer those situations. Well, how is it that we answer? How, what's the purpose of it? It's for the intent to remind us of our confidence in God. Remind ourselves of what Jesus came to do. But there's an interesting thing here. We see here in Hebrews chapter 9. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there. But just, again, to reiterate, the Bible says that they overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. So Jesus came to do something. And how did they overcome? By what they said. By their testimony. Amen. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 19. It says, For when Moses had spoken, even or every precept to all the people according to the law, he took the blood of calves and goats with water, scarlet wool, and hyssop, And sprinkled both the book itself and all the people, saying, This is the blood of the covenant or the promise which God has commanded you. Then likewise he sprinkled the blood both on the tabernacle and all the vessels of the ministry. In the old covenant before Jesus came, there was significance to the blood of Jesus. And the Bible says that Moses, when they came together for church, he took the blood and he took the hyssop and he started sprinkling people in the church to remind them of God's salvation. 
What was his salvation? We saw the deliverance. We saw the healing. We saw God's hand moving when he delivered them out of Egypt, right? And he says, listen, to remind you of God's salvation, I'm going to present the blood to you, and he sprinkled them. I mean, you talk about a church service. You walk out of church, God, and have blood all over you, right? Come on, how many of you know that would be a service that you remembered? But the whole intent of that service was to make such an impact and an imprint on you that you remembered the faithfulness of God and His salvation. Don't forget what I did for you. Don't forget that you can count on me. Don't forget that you can trust me. Don't forget what I done then because if I did it then, I'll do it now. And he says, I'm doing it to remind you. It's to remind you of my protection My provision, my deliverance, my healing, my strength. I've made you a part of my family. I've given you self-control. I've given you freedom. It's the same God that we serve. Like I said, if we did that at GVC, you would walk out of this place saying, I've never been in a service like that before. But you know how you apply the blood today? Not through the sprinkling In the natural sense. But through your words. Your testimony. God. You said. That I'm an overcomer. You said that all this junk that's in my life. I've overcome it. You've cast down the enemy. Therefore I don't have to be fearful. I don't have to worry about tomorrow. God you are faithful. But Jesus did institute something. For the church today. Rather than the sprinkling of blood. He's called it the last supper. Or the scripture calls it the last supper. Or we call it communion. Notice what it says here. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Starting in verse 23. He says. I have handed down to you. What came to me by direct revelation. From the Lord himself. The same night. In which we we. He was handed over. He took bread and gave thanks. Then he distributed to the disciples and said, Take and eat your, your fill. It is my body which was given for you. Do this in remembrance or do this to remember me. He says, I want you to be intentional in remembering. Verse 25 says, He did the same with the cup of wine after the supper and said, This cup seals the new covenant with my blood. Drink it. And whenever you drink this, do it in remembrance of me. Remember what I did. Whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are retelling your your testimony. You are retelling the story, proclaiming our Lord's death until he comes. For this reason, whoever eats the bread and drinks the cup of the Lord in a wrong spirit will be guilty of dishonor and the body and the blood of the Lord. So let each one individually first evaluate his own attitude and only then eat the bread and the drink of the cup. For continually eating and drinking in a wrong spirit will bring judgment upon yourself yourself by not recognizing the body. Verse 30 says, this incessantly, what's that say? Incentively. This in, 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 in sense, sensitive, yeah, there we go, insensitivity. This insensitivity is why many of you are weak, chronically ill, and some are even dying. If you do not sit in the judgment of others, you will avoid the judgment yourself. 
So let's break that down. He says this. He says, I want you to remember. Be intentional. Continue to partake of the bread and the cup. When you partake of the cup, it's reminding you of my body that was broken for your health and your healing. When you partake of the cup, it reminds you of my blood that was shed for the forgiveness of sin. And when you do it together, it reminds you of my salvation, that you're a part of my family, that you've been protected, that you've been delivered, that you've been provided for, and that I love you. Then notice what he says here. He says, when you don't do it understanding really what Christ came to do. He says, because you fail to really remember or know the intent. Many are sick. Many are dying. What's that mean? It means I came that you would have salvation. But if you don't remember, if you don't know, then the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So God is wanting to be very intentional in helping us remember the power of what He did. You see the kids coming in right now because we think it's very important to partake of communion together as a family. Amen? What's today all about? Today is remembering what Jesus came to do. Amen? There's not enough room to sit on your mommy's lap. That'll be all right. (laughs) Amen. Amen. Are you ready to remember this morning? Ushers, why don't I have you come? to this podcast and take a look at all of our social media sites which can be found at our website gvchurch.tv we know that today's message has been a blessing to you thanks for listening we are genesee valley church loving god loving people and loving life